Welcome to the Eat Like an Italian podcast, where we will discuss the rationale, benefits, and practical application of the Mediterranean diet. We will explain how to maintain healthy eating habits without actually dieting, while at the same time enjoying some of the best cuisine on the planet. The centuries-old food traditions found in Italy still provide the most accurate template for a long and active life in the 21st century. We'll dive into the what of these practices, but we'll also unpack the why, so that we can better understand the direct links between lifestyle choices and overall well-being. Join us in the kitchen and at the table for a generous helping of delicious food. Here's to your health. Ciao. Buongiorno a tutti. Welcome to Eat Like an Italian. Today we're here with Judy Witz-Francini from Tuscany, and we're going to talk about all her fun food activities she does in Tuscany, but we're also going to, um, you know, talk a little bit about her personal um, changes that she's made to her diet for various reasons. So um, welcome, Judy. Uh, how are things in Tuscany today? Hi, Rick. It's absolutely fat. It's a little too hot, but it's summer's coming in full speed. You know, I was just commenting, I think yesterday, the chicali started. Those little, um, I think they're locusts. Uh-huh. Cicadas. Then, yeah. Yeah. So in front of my window here where I work, um, it's all cypress trees and they live there. And it's just like this song. But I think they only turn on at like 37 degrees or something, you know? Oh, wow. So you it's where they start making noise. You have your own thermometer. So you know exactly how when When they start chirping, you know, it's hot. Do you have air conditioning in your house? No, I'm married to an Italian. Forget okay, that. that's right. The air conditioning is dangerous. It's bad for your health. Yeah, but um, we do have. We, I live in a stone house with thick walls. Uh-huh. You keep everything closed during the day. You open it up at night. Cool breezes blow. Yep, it works. I've, yeah. I've done that myself. Um, so that's that's fantastic. Well, okay. So now summer's here. So tourist season in full swing. You're doing lots of uh, you know market tours, and you have guests coming that you're helping them uh, learn about the food traditions of Tuscany. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, so things are back to full swing. Yeah, it's kind of I'm, I'm taking it slow because, as you know, during COVID, I had two different operations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you tell us a little so, bit about um, that? I mean, as much as you're comfortable sharing. I mean, I know no, I don't uh, mind sharing. I shared the whole process. But um, I uh, so during COVID for a long time, you know, Italy is pretty strict and we weren't allowed to really move around very much. You couldn't first you couldn't leave your homes then you couldn't leave your towns. So I didn't get to go down to Florence very much at all during that first period. And then um, I had a, a pain in my leg that was bothering me. And I would go to the doctor and he told me, oh, you know, you've got arthritis in your hip. Right. Um, okay, whatever. I did, but it wasn't the pain they were telling me I should be expecting. You wait six months, you go back again later. All right. Go back again later. I keep complaining. And I don't want to complain too much. You know, we have... The, the social system of medicine here. So you don't mm-hmm. want to be like, like the crazy old lady or whatever. But <laughs> finally, I think I don't remember it was February of <coughs> February of 2020, right before. You right know, before everything hit. Yeah. Because I don't think we were wearing masks yet. Um, I was like bedridden for a month because of this pain in my leg. And I went back to the doctor. I said, this is not my hip. This, I, it hurts really bad here. Yeah. So they did another kind of test, and I had a lipoma behind a, my femur bone pressing on a nerve. Mm. So it had been that for years. So I got that operated on. It was a 
go in in the morning, come out in the afternoon, and then I healed from that. And that's that's benign. That's just a overgrowth. It's, it's yeah, just okay. like a, a fat thing. But right. They're like, oh, okay. yeah, whatever. You never know what you're getting into. That's right. <laughs> and so then the next the next year or that i can't it's like i don't know about you but covid no i know it erased my sense of uh, time all my yeah so then i was healing from that still kind of limping around and i um i noticed i had i thought i had like a pain in my kidney or something right and i had a drop of blood when i went to the bathroom and the doctor said oh you probably have kidney stones it's like great one more thing yeah and i went in and had an exam and it turned out a series of exams. Mm-hmm. And it was, it turns out I have a kidney that was really tiny, but it worked. Mm-hmm. And then I had, um, and then when they went to actually do another exam, the doctor said, you need to go to another doctor. I see something in like your uterus. Okay. Turned out to be cancer. Mm-hmm. We caught it first stage. Amazing. And so that. Thank goodness for the kidney had, problem. Wasn't a kidney problem. No, I know. I'd say thank goodness for the, the kidney problem thank, because. Thank goodness for that. Yeah. That, yeah. That they thought that's what it was. Yeah. And so I was very lucky because I also had private insurance. Because being that I used to travel back and forth to America all the time, I needed to have insurance for traveling. Yeah. And because I had private insurance, I could get in and be seen. So during COVID, it was all kind of backed up quite a bit, right? Yeah. And it's not that expensive in Italy, is it? The private insurance I mean, compared to <laughs> it what wasn't we... too because I started having it from 1988. I think it was very right. reasonable, and um, and so I got almost all the way through all my exams when the guys found out that it was cancer, mm-hmm. and then my insurance company dumped me because I was using it too much. Oh wow! But by then, all my testing had been done, so the hospital took me in. I had my um, my exam, my uh, operation, mm-hmm. they removed all the cancer. Great. Very lucky. I didn't have to go through chemo or anything. Wow. That is lucky. Yeah. But when we're talking about diet and, and uh, I always thought I ate fabulously because the Mediterranean diet, Sure. Um, we don't eat a lot of meat, um, fruits and vegetables, tons of. And not only that, you're eating locally sourced things that are, you know, yeah, more or I less mean, organically I'm, grown. I'm crazy. And- I mean, I go to the market two, three times a week and buy directly from producers, you know, right. really healthy food. Yeah. But I remembered one thing my girlfriend taught me. I, I go to a lot of culinary conversa- uh, com- conventions. Sometimes my English goes away. <laughs> I know. I, uh, conventions. And I remember one girl started doing these, um, what would you call them? Facebook Lives. Yeah. Live streams. Yeah. And she had had cancer. And so the first thing she did was remove all sugar from her diet. Because she said cancer feeds on sugar. Okay, do that. <laughs> oh no. Hey Judy, I lost you for a second there. <clears throat> Things to work with. Okay. Plus, I'd been going to my doctor a lot and telling him something's wrong with me in that I'm eating fruits and vegetables. I don't eat bread, I don't eat pasta, I'm not drinking, and I'm fat. I walk, I do all these walking tours. I take people on trips. I'm out and around all the time. And my doctor, you know, he checked my thyroid. It wasn't my thyroid. And it's really funny. As soon as I knew I was going to have surgery, I started following this no sugar diet. So kind of keto. Mm -hmm. And it was exactly the opposite of everything I thought. 
So no beans, which Florentines are called bean eaters, right? Oh, yeah. And so it's all these things that I thought, for me, were good food, right? And healthy. And, you know, beans, olive oil. And, um, oh, and in winter, whenever I could get those mandarin oranges, I would eat like a kilo of them a day. Yeah. And totally bad. So yeah. as soon as I started this uh, keto diet, and I yeah. was following, luckily, one of my clients is, is a keto coach. Because my doctor here knew nothing about it. Right. And I told him what she was telling me. He said, she knows what she's talking about. Just follow her. I dropped like eight kilos before my surgery. So that's like 17 pounds. In, in like a month. Wow. Just by cutting out sugar, basically. Yeah. I mean, but so. Cutting out you... sugar means no beans. Right. All no carbohydrates. Fruit. Yeah. All that fruit. Yeah. Um, so, and, but did you, did you, would you say your, 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 the amount of food that you ate remained relatively the same, or did you actually also eat less? To me, I think I was eating more. Interesting. Very interesting. Very crazy. And the, the, the whole mentality behind this is that a lot of the things maybe that I was eating, well, they said the whole keto thing is if you're eating things that are high in carbohydrates, that's creating sugars. Right. And so your body runs off of burning the sugars and mm -hmm. not burning the fat. Right. And so you accumulate fat. Right. Well, it, I found it really easy. I mean, they have this thing, it's called like the egg fast. So you eat a lot of eggs, cheese, meat, fish, and vegetables. So meat mm -hmm. and fish, meat and vegetables, that's so easy here too. Um, we never really ate that much meat. You know, we go out for a special occasion or something or once a week and once a week fish, but you know, yeah. more of that Mediterranean diet of beans and greens and grains. So were they also besides they tested your thyroid, they also tested your glucose levels or, you know, because they, they yeah. say, yeah. they say you become what, what's, what's the word you become insulin resistant or something like that. When you have too much uh, sugar in your diet, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not a, a dietitian, but um, there's yeah, something. And so about the, the thing was really weird was when I was talking to my doctor, my thyroid wasn't off that much, but over the years he'd put me on, um, I had almost had a stroke once. My blood pressure was at 245 over 150. Whoa. Yeah. Exciting. And so I was on high blood pressure medicine. Uh, they put you on diabetes medicine, all these little pills just to kind of keep things mm -hmm. under control. So thyroid, diabetes, high blood pressure. Okay. And I said to my doctor, I said, can't I ever get off of these things? And he's like, no, probably not which I know isn't true because I know my girlfriends who are kind of more into yeah. a, a self-healing kind of thing. You can change your diet. You can increase your exercise and there's other ways of thinking of things. That's so right. That, that original pain in my leg had come back hmm. and I went back to the doctor again. I said, I still have the pain in my leg from the surgery. And I go, I don't understand why. They took me back in, they looked up, they shook my leg all around and said, no, it's your, it's your hip. You have arthritis in your hip. Same thing At they that said. Point, you know not to argue with people right, when they're right. 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 When I started the keto diet, the pain in my leg went away. That's interesting because I had a similar experience. I have, I have Achilles tendonitis in one of my, my, my legs. And uh, yeah, when I clean up my diet, that gets better. Inflammation, right? Inflammation, yeah. And so after I had, the I had the surgery in December, and after I had the surgery, I thought, I'm going to be nice to myself. I'm not going to be 
stuck on the keto diet. I'm going to keep to it pretty much, but if I want to eat some fruit, I'm going to eat some fruit. Sure. You know, I love fruit. Yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, for me, like having been a pastry chef, it was easy for me to make the almond flour cakes or waffles. Yeah. Cover anything in hundred percent chocolate and it's dessert. That was really easy. It wasn't yeah. suffering at all. Right. And uh, then so, I noticed all of a sudden I was limping again. Hmm. So um, now that like this, the season's starting, it's going to start to work. And, uh, and we're out and about, I thought I'm going to go back and be, you know, more strict on my keto now. The pain went away immediately. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. You don't, it doesn't feel like it's something that could be that powerful, but it really is. I mean, it really, truly is. Now I also noticed on your website, you mentioned that you did a little bit of like intermittent fasting or time restricted well, eating. Or... Part of it too. I do the intermittent fasting. And so what does that look food. like? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I usually don't eat breakfast anyway in the morning. I have a cup of coffee. Right. So um, technically uh, what I've chosen to do was from like um, 11 o'clock in the morning until seven o'clock at night. You that's can your eat. food window. That's your food window. That's my yeah. window. Yeah. So I get up in the morning and I'll, um, you know, take my pills with water and I'll have a cafe latte. Mm -hmm. But with keto, you're not supposed to use milk. You're, yeah. You should use heavy cream, but I'm not going to worry about two teaspoons of milk in my no. coffee. No. And, uh, uh, and then we'll have lunch. And then dinner maybe i'll have at six or seven instead of like eight or nine o'clock at night right, right 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 and so is your is your lunch your bigger meal though compared to dinner are they about the same or about the same about the same okay yeah and i never get hungry mm -hmm. and no snacking in between lunch and dinner you could yeah you could eat whatever you want to eat you have yeah. uh i actually downloaded an app for a carb management and the thing that my keto coach told me the most important thing is to drink lots of water so mm -hmm. i drink two to three liters of water a day. Okay, that's a lot. Yeah, but I also thought because I have a, a smaller kidney. Mm -hmm. It's a good idea. Keep flushing was really good. Yeah. And also I think when you're eating really high protein, keeping your system flushed out and stuff like that's really Definitely. good. But she also said to be sure since you're drinking so much water to be sure to have enough salt intake. That's right. So people that do sports have those drinks, right? Mm -hmm. um, I just drink water. So I found that really helps. And I do find that I, I crave salt, but I've always liked salt. Mm -hmm. um, also here we have that sea salt, non-iodized sea salt. That's so good for you. Yeah. And uh, so now I just, of course, being kind of like sick these past couple of days, um, I just with, weighed but with, with COVID, by the way. So with we didn't COVID. mention. Yeah, yeah, that was okay. exciting. Yeah. It just feels like bronchitis. Yeah. So you did get it in your chest then a little bit, because sometimes people, I mean, it, it can present different ways. Some people, it feels more like a head cold. Some people, it's more in their chest. Some people, it's more like the flu with the body. Yeah, it started off being like, um, I had a high fever for one day mm -hmm. and, um, and I had been sitting by a cold window. So I thought I was getting that Italian illness, right? right? right. And, uh, and then I was freezing to death in bed. My husband, we had just changed over to our, our summer sheets and right. uh, made our summer bed, right? He brought me back out my blanket and then my, my, um, my fever went away. It went down to like, it was 38, went to 37. And today it's back to normal, but I've got <laughs> Get a little cough now, a little cough. 
and stuffed up nose. Yeah. But I also suffer from allergy. Yeah, it can be hard to tell the difference sometimes between a cold, an allergy, and COVID, you know, uh, or flu, yeah. you know, because the symptoms are all similar or you know, can be related. Yeah. Um, and when I called my doctor, he goes, you know, both of you guys are fully vaccinated. Stay home. Just don't worry about it and retest. Are you doing the booster too in Italy or? Um... Um, I, I don't think the new, I don't think the new one. Okay. I, no, there was, there was, I mean, basically it was a third dose of the, of the old one is what the booster was here. Yeah. But, yeah. The third. Yeah, for sure. But, the, but, but then the, uh, I guess this Pfizer and Moderna oh, recently yeah. announced they, they've reformulated the, the COVID vaccine for the fall where it's going to include all these Omicron variants and everything. So apparently this next booster will be an evolved version of the first. Uh, yeah, that vaccine. makes sense. I mean, it's, it like, does. it's like the flu every year. They change, they change the flu vaccine every year to accommodate the latest strains. So. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's any big deal. No. Um, so that's great. So you're feeling good on the keto and the intermittent fasting. Have you ever, um, I, I think I talked to you about it on, on Facebook. Um, I've been following this guy named Walter Longo, who's from, um, I think he's, well, he's in California now, but he's, he's from, I think, some university in Milan. And he's does this called uh, fasting mimicking diet for five days where he provides the, he, he came up with this formula where it's like a five day fast where you do eat food, but it's very low calorie. It's like 800 calories a day for like five days. And apparently it mimics like a, a full fast where people just do only water for like the same amount of time. But he says, if you use the right ingredients, you're able to achieve the same metabolic effect. And it, apparently it's miraculous and it, it's used as an adjunct to cancer treatment now. So uh -huh. it's not, a cancer cure in itself, but it tends to potentiate the uh, effects of cancer treatments, whether it's surgery or chemo or, or, or radiation, whatever, it, it makes the recovery faster and, and better and apparently with less, this is all, you know, most of it, the research was done, of course, in laboratory animals, but now they're applying it to humans because, I mean, frankly, there's not much risk involved and they're, and they're seeing that there is an upside to it, so. I don't know if you uh, have done any kind of fasting like that, where you've actually gone without food for a full day or, you know, anything like that. But. I mean, I, I have, but not on purpose. Like, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they said. You know, human beings are, uh, you know, evolutionarily, we're used to being without food. I mean, because, you know, you finding food was a problem in the past, you know, and, and now this overabundance is the thing that our bodies aren't used to. So we're, we know how to handle fasting. We know how to handle, like you say, an accidental uh, food deprivation, whether it be because you can't find food or maybe people did it for religious reasons. But um, now that we have this constant access to food 24 seven, that's what our bodies aren't able to handle. Yeah, like when I, when I'm out working and like doing a food tour, I usually don't eat. Right. You're busy you know, managing it. I'm talking. I yeah. hate to talk. And so, um, and so I won't eat till like after class. And right now that it's getting so hot, uh, today's lunch was a couple of tomatoes just with white wine vinegar and olive oil and salt. And I had a fresh onion from my village. We're famous for our beautiful sweet onions. Two slices of prosciutto and a slice of melon. But it, it's so hot. You don't want to eat. And I, all I want right. to do is drink water and liquids and Right. And tonight I'll probably have strawberries and ice cream or something, you know, right. but ice cream is keto. <laughs> or gelato cream? anyway. I mean, so what, what's the difference again between ice cream and gelato? I, I think of, someone's told me before, but there's well, one I of them think has... a lot of it too is the temperature that's kept at. Mm -hmm. Gelato is warmer than ice cream. It's more, yeah, I mean, really less cold, cold, let's say. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and I find a... it's, it's uh, 
if you really make ice cream, I mean, it's just so easy. Like um, for keto, you just, you know, use fake sugar. Yeah. Like I make chocolate mousse. I've done like a tiramisu. You just use those sugar replacements. Yeah. And they're delicious. So I make, I whip up some mascarpone and I have some strawberries and I could freeze it and eat it like ice cream. It's, it's so easy. Wow. That's great. Well, see, you're lucky because you know so much about food and cooking and I mean, you can, you're, it's easy for you to adapt to. But it's all available online. It's a no brainer. Yeah. But I mean, still you have this intuition about food and, and how to, you know, you can probably think about make the stuff up yourself. I mean, you don't really need to go online. I mean, yeah. you can, I, mean I don't but... panic. I think a lot of people panic yeah. and think that they're going to suffer right? and not be able to have things. I look at things and say, how can I have that? Yeah. I want Mexican food. I need a tortilla. How can I make a tortilla without flour? Right almond flour well that makes it easy mm -hmm. so it might take you know two or three times for someone to practice but um those little they call them chaffles an egg cheese cheese waffle have you had those no in that your waffle good. machine you buy that pre-grated mozzarella add an egg and maybe two tablespoons of almond flour and you do it in a, a waffle grill and if you're not eating bread you can make that you can make a burger out of it you know with a bun or put strawberries and whipped cream on it. Have you ever thought about writing a book about this, about, you know, um, you know, maybe for other people who are going through cancer or other health problems really that they were writing books. I... <laughs> You're not. But, no. Oh, come on. It's you, you... To actually follow through with everything. I did start um, doing some YouTube videos mm -hmm. with just like taking photographs and then a voiceover. Right. Of showing people how to do that. And someone asked me to turn that into a series. Um, so I was just kind of waiting for this summer when this little, my work splurt is over. Like I tend to work more from Easter through June mm -hmm. and I don't really get a lot of clients in July and August. Yeah. My clients tend to come like for the wine season. And stuff. Right. So right. September, October, November is already fully booked. Those are, that's and the best time of the year to visit Italy. In my opinion, is September, I mean, October, early, early November, September, October, November, summer, forget it. Yeah. That's like beginners. <laughs> and then, yeah, and it's super crowded, like in May. I mean, you know, a lot of, I mean, a lot of the, the tourist destinations are, are crowded in May. I mean, yeah, sure. I just saw a friend and she was like, oh my God, you remember when I said I was going to Sicily in June? And you guys all laughed at me. She goes, I get it now. It's like over 100 degrees in Sicily. And I'm like, yeah. stay hydrated. Yeah. After lunch, go take a nap until it cools down, then come out. Right. You don't get exhausted. Where do you, where, I know you do, and then we're getting a little off topic here because I wanted to stick to your, you know, your, your health um, focus on your, on your diet. But I mean, when you go to Sicily, where do you go? Because I love Sicily. I've been all over Sicily. I do Sicily. coast to coast now. I started oh, going about in 2009. <laughs> and my first intro was Palermo region. Mm -hmm. And I could spend easily a week or 10 days just in Palermo and do yeah. a couple of day trips like to Trapani. But then I kind of got down to the um, Memphis, to the Planeta Winery. Yeah, because I saw that's part of your, your itinerary for your trip. Absolutely Sicily. gorgeous. And yeah. then then now to... So um, what, what would you say that's closest to? Which which notable town is that closest to, Memphis, the winery? It's it's directly south of Palermo on the coast. Oh, so it's, it's still on the west coast? It's So it's Agrigento uh, province? It's or? To the, yeah, to the left of Agrigento. So it is Trapani then, uh, Trapani or no? It's still Trapani, yeah. Yeah, okay. And so it's it's one of the coasts that's the best sea in all of Sicily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They get yeah. those little flags or whatever. And again, the, the, flags, whole diet right? yeah. Down, yeah. the whole diet down there and you've got all that beautiful fresh fish. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm missing tuna season right now. And they, and did, is it true that like in the Palermo area or the West Coast Sicily, they, they tend to eat maybe as much couscous as they do pasta or is that? Just uh, in Trapani, really. Just in Trapani, okay. Because the fishermen from Tunisia. Right, so right. Trapani to Marzala del Valle, which is like where a lot of the shrimp and tuna fishermen were from. Mm -hmm. And there was the exchange there. And they only do fish couscous. They don't do meat or anything else. Yeah, there was a restaurant I, I went to in Rome several times, and it was a couscous restaurant, and uh, that's all they served. And you only had you only had two choices to make when you get in there. Do you want the do you want the the one with it was either meat or seafood, or do you want the one that's just vegetarian? And then you chose red or white wine, and they didn't you didn't there was no wine list. I mean, it's just red or white. You want the meat or the vegetarian, and that was the only two choices you had. And they just start bringing stuff out. And that's great. Uh, I love it, those kind of places. Yeah. <laughs> they, they give you then the the price was the same no matter what you chose and you know that was it and so yeah <laughs> i love when someone just takes care of you yeah right sometimes it's just so hard i think for people when they come to order off the menus mm -hmm. yeah i mean and you i mean, you take care of a lot of that for your clients obviously oh, but yeah, it, must, yeah. it must be nice for you because you're always doing that to go someplace where someone else is doing that <laughs> yeah yeah no but it's uh, i think it's also you're letting the chef exp you know extreme is that a word uh Express, express themselves, yeah. express themselves <laughs> and what they're good at. Right. And usually it's cheaper for them. There's no excess food in the kitchen. Right. Yeah. They're using what, what they have and what's fresh and what's local and what's, you know, because, and that's going to be cheaper because it's local. Yeah. And, you know, they don't have to. There's kind of a, a Michelin star kind of restaurant in San Gimignano that opened. And they only serve, I'm trying to think, 17 dinners. 17 meals. Every every day, you mean? Every... There's the tasting menu and mm -hmm. only for 17 people. Right. And you, and you don't, you don't, so there is no menu. In other words, you, the menu is set by the chef. There's the no selection. The yeah. Yeah. That's and a lot of it's farmed to, to table. Like a lot of these restaurants now have restaurant uh, gardens, restaurant gardens. Mm -hmm. And so it's based on a lot of that. I just went up to... Uh, Massimo Bottura's new hotel and they have a restaurant garden and they're doing kind of the same thing in that you book dinner and dinner is a tasting menu like they do at the Ostavia Francescana but in the dishes that are no longer served at the Ostavia Francescana and so it was so much fun because it's an open kitchen mm -hmm. everybody was seated at once it's um they tell you the story about Massimo, about all the dishes. Uh, and then uh, you eat the food at the same time as people next to you. They let you get up, take photographs. It was just those experiences to me are worth more than just like eating out. Right. Yes, they're expensive, but I'd rather have somebody do what I can't do. Right. You know, and their food is really fabulous. So. Well, that's, so where is that at? Up in Modena. It's in Modena. Okay. Yeah, he had bought um, an old farmhouse estate that I guess the guy had gone bankrupt and sold off the villa. <coughs> Went up for auction. And all of a sudden, one day he said he got contacted. Remember that thing you bid on when you won it? And he couldn't even remember what it was. You know, it's like things take so long here. Beautiful <laughs> villa. They took the old stables and turned it into the dining room. The breakfast was just insane. Just beautiful buffet people you know, a lot of service people waiting on you wow. um some 
all the specialties of Modena. So they took, um, you know, the um, there's a almond cake with cornmeal called the Sprisolona. I've never had and that. Cornmeal and almonds and I think melted butter and sugar and they bake it. And then usually to serve it, they, they break it at the mm -hmm. end of a meal. Well, he's using that to serve his cotechino, the pork, yeah. the pork sausage, with zabayoni on top of it. Wow. So he Zabayone is like a whipped egg custard, right? Yeah, peasant food. And he made it glorious. And so this beautiful big Bex's buffet, you can have all the different dishes. It was really delicious. Wow. Yeah, Again, Modena, I mean, that whole area of, of Emilia-Romagna has just got wonderful food. I mean, it's not necessarily the, the healthier stuff like you would see in, like in Sicily, coastal Sicily or something. I mean, they yeah. have a lot of, you know, fatty meats and cheeses. <laughs> and but things it's like funny that. that you don't see a lot of fatty people. But you don't. You're right. You don't. I guess it's a question of, um, you know, the, the amount and the frequency and, um, and, they and walking around. And, and walking around. Yeah. Yeah. So I think too, when people, I can't, you know, I've been here so long, I can't even remember growing up, but you never see like pictures of milk on the table. Kids don't drink pitchers of milk. And they certainly don't drink soft now drinks. now you are seeing yeah. bottles of Coca-Cola yeah. on the table. Now you are, yeah. But mostly people would just order bottles of wa water. Mm -hmm. People don't have cocktails before meals. That whole thing about the aperitivo, the aperitivo really isn't a cocktail. It's not a high concentration of alcohol. No, that's for sure. A it's spritz just some is, sort yeah. of a bitter um, liqueur that's low in alcohol mm -hmm. with Prosecco or soda water right. to stimulate your juices to get your appetite and your digestive system ready to digest all the food. That's right. That's right. Yeah, people forget that. I mean, it's not it's not like, you know, we're happy hour in, in the US is more about, you know, how many cheap drinks can I have in an hour? You know? yeah, and <laughs> but, what high alcohol, how much alcohol can I right, have? Yeah, vodka martini is basically straight alcohol. And so yeah. Um, but so yeah. There's a lot of little things I think that add up in That's the what lifestyle. it is. That's what it is. It's a lifestyle difference. Exactly. Yeah. And you don't have to and, and they don't really have a lot of sweets, but when they do, like in Sicily. They really are sweet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the cassata, uh, what's that called? The, the cassata, yeah. Yeah, that's super sweet. I don't like that. I don't care for that. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah. Well, listen, you've been very generous once again. I thank you for sharing your, your personal story with me and with, with the listeners to the podcast because um, it's inspiring. And then not only, you know, what you did, but your attitude while doing it. I mean, you were very positive the whole time and you just you said hey this is what it is and i gotta do it and so you did it and, yeah and, and i got uh, very lucky and all that but uh, you know i'm taking advantage of that too i think it that now i'm maintaining this kind of keto diet and everyone has said like don't stay on it forever which is why i took like a little break and everything sure. but um i've lost in total now i think i just lost more i the before the diet i lost for can the cancer surgery I had lost eight kilos and then I lost another two or three kilos. And I think now I've lost another three kilos. Wow. And my dream is to be old and not have to worry about losing weight again. Do it right. now while you can walk around and while you're young, younger, I'm not younger anymore, but. Yeah, no, that's true. That I mean, problem. and I, I think a lot of it too is like, as far as the walking goes, you know, just don't stop walking. I think what happens to people, they get older and they, they have a couple aches and pains, they slow down and they, they don't walk anymore. Um, you know, that as soon as you stop, that's when it all goes downhill. So, um, you know, you, you see these 
older ladies, old ladies in Sicily or anywhere in Italy where they're, they're still they're still going up and down these mountains of stairs every day carrying their yeah, two bags exactly. of groceries and knocking you off to get on the knocking you exactly and, and they're doing it because nobody ever told them to stop or they never thought to stop and because they have to do it and you know that's where the market is it's it's you know it's it's 600 meters down those stairs and i gotta walk 600 meters exactly. back up it's and so it's part and of life gardening and carrying things and and eating and just being active i think being active and drinking water yep I mean, those are two things that you could do for yourself that are so simple and free. Yep. Drink water, walk. Did you ever see um, Caro Diario by Nanni Moretti? I've seen a lot of his films. I don't think I've ever seen that one. It was a film where he's in Rome in the summer and mostly it's him riding his Vespa around. Right. And one of the little stories was that he had some sort of a blood test or something and it was very serious and he thought he was like going to die or whatever. And if he didn't get this magic medicine and, and he couldn't get the medicine, he couldn't get the medicine, he couldn't get the medicine. And finally, he had a friend that he thought could get him the medicine. So he showed his friend the name of this medicine. He goes, can you get this for me? He goes, yeah, but what do you need this for? He goes, well, I've got blah, 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 blah. And the guy goes, you don't need this. You just need to drink water. And it's a true story. It's a true story. It's a true story. And he recovered from whatever oh, this yeah. blood thing was. Totally. And probably the blood thing was, you know, it was just a, a harbinger of something that could be worse. In other words, the, the test itself wasn't the bad thing or the result wasn't bad. It was what it could signify. So, you know, a lot of times that's that's the case is that, you know, we, we get a little too caught up, I think, in some of the, um, I don't know. I mean, the medical, the numbers, I mean, you know, those those type of things can be kind of scary to us. But really, they're just saying, you know. Maybe you need to live a little cleaner. <laughs> yeah. And the whole thing is too, for most doctors, it's a process of elimination. Yeah. Well, let's that's right. try this. Let's try that. It is. It is. It's the diagnosis is only, the treatment is almost the diagnosis. So if it works, okay, that's what it was. You and know, if it doesn't, if well, it doesn't then, let's try something try, else. You feel like a guinea pig, you know? Yeah, that's right. So well, I think like when yeah, getting rid of the sugar, I find it's almost the first thing everybody says, right? Right. Yeah. Cut down the carbs. Yeah. No, and and you look great. I mean, despite the COVID, I mean, you, I can tell you, I mean, you just, you know, you feel, you feel, you feel very energetic to me, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad. I, that, you know what's really getting me more? It's hot outside, and I yeah. just wilt. So yeah. the sun's almost going down, not quite, but. Um, well, it's going to be. I'm sure it gets dark pretty late these days, right? I mean, yeah, time? it's only four twenty now. So. So yeah, but then the, the twilight there lasts like like six hours <laughs> I mean, we're, yeah, it's, we're... it's really nice now that it's summer evenings yeah right. the fireflies are here cool that's that's great yeah. oh to be in tuscany in the summer but uh and so With all right listen ice cubes in a pool right? <laughs> <laughs> the dream. thank you again so much for your time and um and you look great and i love hearing your stories i always love talking to you and next time i'm in tuscany we're gonna we're gonna go to the market together or something or have lunch or, yeah i would love it okay i hope you enjoyed today's episode if so please click over to itunes to subscribe and leave an honest review join me next time when i discuss another topic of italian culture until then arrivederci Italia, send the star,